You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. I am super excited for today's guest. From pro snowboarder to money mogul, Chris Nagel has dedicated his life to being America's number one money mentor. Chris has built and owned over 16 companies with his businesses being featured in Forbes, ABC, House Hunters, and his very own HGTV and Tuk Pilot in 2018. He is currently the founder of The Money School, which teaches you to be your own bank and the private money club the dating site for private money lenders or borrowers. As an innovator and visionary in wealth building and real estate, he empowers entrepreneurs, business owners, and real estate investors with the knowledge of money, how it works, so they can solve their money problems as well as take control of their money. Chris is also a nationally recognized speaker, author, and podcast host. He has spoken to and taught over tens of thousands of Americans, delivering the financial knowledge that fuels lasting freedom. You mentioned owning your own bank. And when I lived in Texas, um, some friends I knew down there when I had a business um, that were partners of mine were starting their own bank. And they were the super Texas guys. They lived out in El Paso. They had tons of money and tons of assets. And so you gotta have, at least when they were starting the bank back then, you had to have all these assets and you had to prove you have so much cash to the bank because you had a certain amount of cash you have to keep you know, as a ratio to loan and do all these kind of things. So how did you like start your own bank like that? I'm so glad you went there. Cause up to this point, that's what people are probably thinking. Oh my God, this dude that Josh just brought on, he's got his own bank. That's crazy. <laughs> Not at all. And here, let me go back to 2014. Me and my wife were flipping lots of houses and we were trying to get our own show on HGTV, which we ended up doing, but flipping houses required a lot of money. So I borrowed money from this guy, Mike. Okay. And Mike was from Salt Lake City. So one day I was there snowboarding and I just called him up. I said, hey, Mike, I got a new deal and I want to show it to you. So he invited me to go to Cheesecake Factory, downtown Salt Lake City. We're sitting there. I'm showing him the deal. And I just, I'm a curious kind of guy. And, and I was an advisor. So I was always intrigued. Like, Mike's got way more money than I do. And I said to him, I said, so how do you lend all this money, Mike? And he, and he just says, casually, he says, from my own banking system. And I'm just thinking, so I'm thinking like you just said. Think, dude, you got your own <laughs> bank, Mike? I'm like, why are we in Cheesecake Factory? Right, Let's yeah. go to your bank, dude. And, and, and he says to me, no, 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 no. I, I just, I have a banking system. I don't own a bank. Like, mm. I don't even have anything like that. I just do what a bank does. And I'm like, keep going. I'm like, Mike, tell me about this. And right. he starts telling me the same thing. So like, I put my money in, you know, this, and I'll tell you what it is in a second. I put my money in this thing and I get a guaranteed interest rate. I get dividends. It grows tax free. It's protected against judgments and liens. And when I want to take money out to give to you to lend, I just push a button and I got the money and I lend it to you and you pay me 12%. And then I take the money you pay me and I put it back in my bank. Mm. And I'm like, dude, this is fantastic. But he did tell me what his bank was. And he said it was a whole life insurance policy. Actually, he said it's a specially designed and engineered whole life insurance policy. <laughs> now instantly, you gotta remember, I'm a financial advisor of 14 years. Sure. The only thing I'd ever been taught as an advisor, I knew exactly what whole life was right. and I knew it was okay. bad. That's the only thing I knew. It's overpriced. It's It's overpriced. The commissions were really big and everybody like should not put their money in that. You should put your money in term and then invest the difference with me because I was a money manager and then I'll charge you one, one and a half percent. So 
when he says that, I'm thinking, oh man, you've been bamboozled, Mike. Like somebody told you put your money in a whole life. And I, and I kind of said something to him that made him lean into me. Because I, I think I said, Mike, a whole life doesn't work that way. You can't put money right. in a whole life and immediately take that money back out. I'd never seen one in my life that did that. And he leans into me and he says, Chris, if it doesn't work that way, how have I been doing it all these years? I sat back thinking to myself, whoa, what else don't I know? Right. <laughs> and I said, I said, right, could you teach me? And he says, well, no, I, I learned from this guy, Brent, instantly, like a blender with its top. Well, just give me Brent's number. And he did. He looked at his phone, gave me his number. I couldn't get out of that meeting fast enough. Screw this real estate deal, Mike. We'll come back to that. Like, I got to go call this guy, my, uh, Brent. So I, I got to go. And I did. I accidentally in the car. I called Brent. I probably sounded like a blender with its top off. I'm an advisor and Mike just told me about this thing that you taught him in this bank and blah, blah, blah. And Brent pauses me and he says, have you watched the 90 minute video? And I'm like, what 90 minute video? He says, well, I made a 90 minute video to explain the concept that you're gonna talk to me about and I need you to watch that first. Brent, I'm an advisor. I don't need to watch a video to learn. Like, come on, man, just help me do this. And he, he didn't, he said, watch the video. So that Sunday, I grab a big cup of coffee and a pad of paper and I watch the video and it, it, I don't know how to describe it, but it changed everything. I didn't drink any of the coffee. I had four pages of notes and I swear it was the closest thing to finding what I would define as a money tree or just like the secret of wealth. And I started applying it right there. And it wasn't the whole life that mattered. Okay. The whole life was just a place where I'm going to put my money. Okay. And again, it's specially designed and engineered. It's, it's designed the same way banks design them for bulk bank-owned life insurance. So when, when your audience is hearing this, they're hearing whole life because that's what they've always been taught. But to design them this way, what it requires, the, the person at that time, Brent, was designing it for me. Now okay. this, that's what I do today. It requires the, the person building the policy to actually strip out the death benefit. So they put the death benefit the lowest possible. They stuffed the maximum amount of money based on IRS rules. So now we're flipping what a whole life is actually supposed okay. to be. But you see, there's rules, IRS rules. Because remember, I said it's tax-free. Right. So the IRS says, okay, if you're going to put this much money in, you got to have this much death benefit. And this is where I often think, and I, I'm going to use this platform. Dave Ramsey, send me a thank you card and a box of chocolates because I do exactly what you say by term. Well, here's what we do. To get to that death benefit the IRS requires, we layer term insurance into this, this design. We put a term rider on, and we keep it on there for seven years because that's okay. what the IRS requires. So now I've built a machine that allows me to stuff as much money as I want in. I pick how much I want to save into it. And then because I designed it backwards, the death benefit costs are very low. There's still costs for the insurance, but I got a family, man. I want to make sure when I leave this earth, I leave my family in a better place. So I want the death benefit. But now, all the money I put in, I have access to use that money, just like Mike did. When he put deposits into his policy, his bank, sure. in other words, he then had the ability to take a percentage of that, anywhere between 60 and 90, and lend that money to me. But mm. when he took the 60 or 90%, so we'll just use numbers, take, pretend this is 100 grand, right. okay? So if Mike had 100 grand in his policy, he then could access 90,000 and give that 90 grand to me, but he's not taking his money. See, the, the life insurance company, the whole life policy, allows him to access his death benefit while he's living. Okay. Remember, there's a death benefit. So the insurance company will say, all right, we'll lend you part of your death benefit while you're living, because mm. we know we got to pay, pay it someday when you die. Right. So when you're living, sure, we'll lend it to you, and we'll charge interest on that. Simple interest is a key. You got to understand the difference between compound interest and simple interest. Okay. Okay. So they lend it. He lent it out to me. I paid him 12%. Plus, I think he charged me two points. Always got me somehow. 
for, for those of you who don't know what points are, it's 2% up front. Up front, yeah. Yeah, cash. up front. <laughs> up cash. Yeah. Okay, here you go, Mike. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> or but, it just backs it out of what he's exactly. giving Exactly. <laughs> so I got, if he had 100 grand in here, he's earning interest and dividends on 100 grand uninterrupted, but he gave me 90,000 of it, mm. which I'm then paying him interest. Okay. So the only differentiation is the interest he's got to pay the insurance company for that loan that I'm giving him his death benefit. And that interest rate's lower than what he's earning. So mm. how does a bank make money? Well, obviously, I mean, if they issue credit cards, they can make it off of that. Yep. Um, they make it off of processing credit mm -hmm. cards, because that's what they used to do. And then um, they loaning money, and yep. then when you deposit money into the bank itself. Yeah. So. We've all been taught to work for money. We go out and trade hours for dollars for money. And then we go out and we spend that money. Well, what first thing we do is we take the money we earn and we put it into a traditional bank. Right. It's just what we've been taught to do. And when we put our money in the bank, that's an asset to us. And they pay us interest on that. So if we can just use, let's use 1%. Maybe it's sure. a bit more today. They pay me 1%. And you said a way a bank makes money is they lend money out. So immediately, then those little glass cubicles, there's somebody there lending that money out for a house, for a credit card, hopefully a credit card, but let's just pretend it's for a car. So they take that deposit I just did and they lend it out at 5%. Okay, okay. sure. So they're making five, they're paying me one, in the middle is what they call a spread, a 4% spread they're making. Now let's go back to my banking system, or in this case, Mike's banking system. He's making an interest rate with dividends and he's borrowing the money from the insurance company, but he's borrowing his death benefit. Meaning, if he never paid that loan back, the insurance company doesn't care because it's just a number on a pay piece of paper or on, actually on a computer screen these days. So if he takes the loan, his death benefit drops by that amount, 90 uh, grand. Okay. So the insurance company doesn't care if he ever pays that back. Matter of fact, they'd probably prefer that he doesn't because they make interest on that money. Mm -hmm. But for him, that right there means his death benefit's less. So he's making uninterrupted compound interest lending it out, paying the insurance company less than what he's making. So he's making a spread. Okay, but sure. every year, mathematically, his spread goes up. So if he's making a 1% spread year one, okay, the difference between what he makes and what he pays the right. insurance company, forget about what I'm paying him for now. Okay. He makes a spread there. The second year, his 100 grand grows by the interest rate and dividends, which today is about 5.2 to 6%. Okay. Still better than the bank. Right. So he makes, you know, let's just use 6%, simple math. Now, next year, he's got 106,000. Mm -hmm. earning 6%. Right. And let's just say the insurance company charges him five, 1% spread year one, but year two, because now he's compounding on a higher amount, but still paying a simple interest rate mm -hmm. at the same rate, okay. he sure. makes more. And every year that goes by for the rest of his life, his spread goes up. And he didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to work harder. He didn't have to take on any more risk. And he didn't have to go out there and do the things he doesn't want. He just made his money work for him. So let me come back and preface what that means. And then we'll get to the second part. Right. We all have learned, and schools teach this, everything. I, I taught my daughter with my TEDx talk, a letter to my daughter, it's called Rethink Money. I taught her that you're gonna be taught throughout your life to work for money. Everybody's gonna tell you that's the only way. Trade hours for dollars. But what we fail to realize is our hours are priceless. There's no valuation. Right. You think you're worth 100 an hour, your, your hour is, you can't get it back, yeah. priceless. So because the wealthy figured this out, they said, all right, well, if you trade hours for dollars, you always limit your wealth because there's only so many hours. But if I then find a way to make my money work for me, my money doesn't have any restrictions like I do. It doesn't need to sleep, it doesn't need to eat. It can work 24 seven for me and it wants to. So the wealthy have found a way to not work for money, but to have their money work for them. Mike was the same way, I'm the same way. And what I just showed everybody was that. You now found a way to make your money work for you 
while you sleep. And I know that's a cliche term, but you did because you're not making a spread. But now let's go back to the 12% interest. Right. Okay, because remember, he lent that money to me. Sure. He was being the bank, so he wasn't going out and buying a boat, jet ski, or anything. He's lending, he's making his money go to work. So I'm paying him 12%. So because he's got a banking system over here that's paying him a better interest rate and he's making a spread, why would he ever take the money I pay him and put it back in somebody else's bank? He created a banking system. Mm. So he takes the interest I pay him every month and puts it back in his bank. But remember, his bank is nothing more than a specially designed and engineered whole life policy. That's it. Okay. So if, if we can really just think of this as a circle, okay, just draw a circle. Your money starts on the left side of that circle. Okay, this is your bank, which is the whole life policy. We then find ways immediately or whenever we can to make that money go to work. Lending it out, in this case, what Mike did, lends it to me. I pay him interest and then on the bottom part of the circle, the interest I paid him flows back into his bank. Reducing the loan that he took from the insurance company, meaning the insurance company is going to charge him less interest, but his money never stopped earning and I never stopped paying him. So he makes money twice. He controls the money. Everybody knows Apple and if you follow Steve Jobs, his vision, end-to-end -end control. And he wouldn't let anyone, he wouldn't conform to anybody else's ideas, even though they wanted him, oh, we got to make it open, even what was, wanted him oh, yeah. to open it up. Right. But he said, no, we need to control everything with your money. You need to control your money. But we've never been taught that because what we've been taught to do is give up control of our money, sure. give it to the banks. And the banks then make our money go to work for them and they make 400 to 1300% more than we do. Look it up, bowerfinancial.com. It'll tell you how much every bank in this country makes on our deposits. And it is no less than 400% more. And we put our money with advisors. We put our money in 401ks. You're giving up control, you're giving up control. Somebody else is in control of your money and they don't care about your money as much as you do. So. I think the best thing I ever could have learned was that, to take back control of my money, to learn how to become my own bank by doing exactly what a bank does, and then just following this process. No, that's interesting. And I guess to put it all together, you can put in 100,000 or you can put in 10,000. Any amount you want. Or you can put in a million. So if I put in a million, I can borrow up to 900,000. Yep. And I, that could go towards real estate or a car, like you said, or Anything. whatever I want to use it for um, to, to generate more cash flow. And, yep assets and everything. And remember, all I did is I just changed where my money went first. Right. That's it. I didn't put it in somebody else's bank. I decided how much I wanted to save. Only I decided that, how much I wanted to save. And I then put that money in that specially designed whole life. And every month or every quarter or every year I make deposits. And I have real estate developers that put millions of dollars in. Right. Okay. And you know, I got one, he put 2.2 million in all up front, but then he didn't want to put 2.2 million in every year. So he said, all right, well, I want to put 2.2 in right up front because sure. he had a, a development deal that he was going to use. Okay. So the money was just sitting in the bank. Right. He was going to buy the, the, the land with that money. And I said, well, just change where the money goes first and then take the money out and buy the land second. Right. And now he's got 2.2 million earning interest for the rest of his life. But then each year he said, all right, I, I, I save about, well, I saved a lot more than this, but he's, I want to save 300,000 in this. Okay. Okay. So I designed it to put 2.2 in and then 300,000 each year. But that wasn't the, that's the max he could put in. So he can't come to me next year and say, hey, I got 500 grand, can I put it into that policy? No, we built it to hold 300. Okay. But then he can come to me, let's say the recession hits and something happens, he doesn't have 300 one year. He can reduce that down to, uh, his plan design was 60%. So okay. he can go down 60% from that 300. Mm. So he's got a max and a minimum that he can fund okay. it at. So these are incredibly flexible. I mean, a person could put, my first one I did, Kind of embarrassed to say this, but it was a long time ago. I didn't have a lot of money then. Sure. 230 bucks a month. Okay. I mean, the minimum really to do it is just take your age. I'm 45. I can't remember. How old are you? Uh, 50. 50. So 
I'm 450, you're 500 a month. That's okay. your minimum. Okay, so you just add a zero behind your age, okay. and that would be the minimum to start this. So, yeah, that's that's how you figure the min, and then the max is well, sky's the limit. Whatever you want to put in. Interesting. And so, what are the like? If you're like, okay, you know, what are the downsides with it? Yes, I always want to hit the down before <laughs> I hit the good. So, yeah, of course. So like, what are the downsides? So the downside is this. Like, it's awesome and amazing. Why should everybody do it? Why right? wouldn't everybody do this? <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about why not everybody doesn't, why people don't know about this. Okay. How was it 14 years as an advisor? I didn't even know about right. this. We'll cover that in yeah. a second. But let, let's get into the bad things. So remember, let's just use 10 grand. Simple round number. I put 10 grand into this policy. Right. I do not have 10 grand that I can use. I have anywhere between 60 and 90% depending on how we build it. So let's just cut it in the middle, let's say 80%. Okay. So I put 10 grand in, I can only use eight grand. Mm. For some people, that's just not acceptable. Some people say, well, I can put 10 grand in the bank and I got 10 grand to use. Right. Yeah, but you're not gonna earn interest on that. So for the first year, sometimes two years, okay. you're gonna be at a negative draw. And people are like, why, why, why can't I use it all? Well, insurance companies, last time I checked, they're for profit companies. They are not a nonprofit. They make right. more money than any other financial institution, which is why back in the day, this concept was created by the, Roth, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, along with the bankers, Morgan, mm. Stanley. They did this because they didn't trust banks. Mm. They had so much money that they just wanted to find a stronger financial institution. And the strongest back then and today, always been insurance companies, right. giant mutually owned insurance companies. So that's how they did it. So pretty much the downside is, is whatever money you put in, you're not gonna have immediate access or you're not gonna have access to all of it, okay. okay? Now after two years, every penny you put in, you're pretty much printing money. Let me give you an example. If somebody put a, did a plan and they, I'm just gonna use one that I know the numbers really well for. They put 50 grand in, he was a young guy, young real estate investor. He had, 50, he had like 80 grand in the bank account. He said, hey, let me take 50 of this and just change what pocket it's in. It was in his right pocket at their bank. Yep. And he says, wow, I can earn, his policy was like 5.6%. I can earn 5.6%. So I'm gonna change what pocket that money's okay. gonna go in. That's all he did, okay? 50 grand, and then he said, all right, I wanna save $500 a month. So okay, so I built him a plan. So he puts 50 grand in and he saves $500 a month. In the first year, he, had, uh, he put about 5,600 in, okay. okay, and he had 50 to use. Okay. That's not bad, sure. but for some people, they can't do that. The second year, he put that, that 500 a month in, so okay. six grand, and he had 7,100 to use. I just repeat that, he put six grand in and he had 7,100 to use. Most people would think about that, mm -hmm. how is that possible? Right. It's called mathematics. He had $56,000 earning interest and dividends. So the compounding effect by the second year over, overturned the cost of the insurance. Because the downside really is, there's a cost for the life insurance. Right. And if you don't care about anyone in your life, if you passed away tomorrow and you were just like, I hate everybody, I don't want anybody to get anything, then this isn't for you. So that's right. a downside. There's life insurance. So you gotta care. Like sure. for me, my daughter, my wife, when I go, I want them to be way better off than they are today. Right. So the death benefit to me is worth the cost. And okay. you know, so that's a downside. The other downside to this would be, uh, gosh, you gotta, it takes a little bit of work. You know, you gotta learn this process. Cause remember, it's not just putting the money in the policy. Right. We then gotta move that money. Okay. So you gotta take, put the money in there and find an opportunity. Maybe it's paying off credit card debt. Maybe it's buying cars. Maybe it's putting money in real estate. Whatever it is, or lending money on real estate, we gotta find somewhere for that money to go to sure. work for us. Because remember, we can't keep trading hours for dollars. Right. We gotta make our money work for us. Then when your money works for you, you gotta be conditioned enough to take the earnings from that money and put it back. Can I give one more example? Oh, yeah. We all got the circle. Right. So let's just say I get somebody that's heavily in credit card debt, mm -hmm. the worst debt you can have. What we would do is we would find out how much money are you saving? 
Now, okay. usually sometimes it's not a lot, but let's just say it's a, I can save $1,000 a month. We'll take the 1000 a month and put it in there. Now, let's just say they've got six credit cards. We're going to organize them from lowest balance to highest balance. We know that is snowballing. Yep. When he puts that 1000 a month in, when we have enough in there, let's just say it's five months later, to take the loan from the policy and pay off that first small credit card. So let's just use, uh, let's use a credit card for four grand and he's got five grand he put okay. in. So we take the loan for four grand and we pay off that credit card. This is, this is something that's really important. Once we pay that credit card off, that means we no longer have to pay that credit card monthly interest. Right. Right, because they charge us like yeah. 20 to 30%. So that credit card's paid off. But if you're going to use your banking system, you have to learn to treat your money the same way you used to treat the credit card's money or the bank's money. So now that we no longer owe Visa, let's call it 100 bucks a month in right. interest, we now take that $100 a month, this is simple, just in your mind, just imagine you used to write a check to Visa for 100 a month to support yes. that debt, but you just paid the debt off. Right. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna write a check for $100 a month to Chris Noggle. Okay. And I'm gonna put that money back in my policy. So now, how much money did I just make? Well, whatever I paid the credit card, that's new money coming back to me because I used to give it away and now it's ending up in my account. Because right. okay, $100 every month that I pay back to myself is $100 more I have to use the next day, plus all the interest I'm earning on it. Plus the spread got bigger because I paid the loan down. And then I just keep moving that on. I got an extra 100 plus my deposits, 1000 a month, pay the next one off. And then when I pay that one off, I take whatever I paid them, I put it back over here. Okay. So not only am I getting back control of the money I was giving away, right. I'm now also controlling the interest that I used to give away. End to end control, but a control of your finances. So what's the downside to that? takes time. I said it earlier, slow right. is fast. Yeah. Building wealth is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And life, I hope, is a marathon and you enjoy it and you stop and smell the roses. It's not a sprint. So I think one of the downsides is too many people want to get rich quick and they're doing all these the crypto stuff and the Bitcoin and I mean, you're laughing, but yeah, like, yeah, think yeah, about that. Like when, when everything was going nuts, like that was the only place they wanted to put their money. Oh, I'm going to get rich. I bought my Lamborghini and now that Lamborghini is getting repossessed probably. Right. <laughs> um, and I don't say that in a bad way, but literally like when you're, it's, there's six laws to wealth. And if you don't follow the laws of wealth, your money's going to leave you. Your money's not going to be yours anymore. Mm -hmm. And when people seek unrealistic returns or try to get rich quick, their money flees them. This is slow, man. Like nothing I just said, it sounds cool. You're like, why wouldn't everybody do this? Right. Maybe we can hit that next. It sounds cool, but there's nothing about what I just explained that's fast. Nothing. You put money in, you gotta save your own money. Right. Boring, like nobody's gonna hand me money. No, nobody's gonna hand you money without something you don't want on the other side. So you gotta save your own money. Then you gotta find a place for your money to go to work. And when you find a place for your money to go to work, you gotta be conditioned enough to treat your money the same way you would treat the banks. You gotta put it back into your account. Once you build that habit, dude, it changes your entire trajectory. So you mentioned um, putting the money to work for, um, do you have to do that right away? Or let's just say you don't, you want to start it, but then you don't have anything right now to put it to work at. So you wait like a year and then sure. something comes up. So it's not like you have to, oh, I got to go do this right now. Oh, tomorrow. no, 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 no. Okay. Just, you can't, you know, okay. you can use that money immediately in the next that's 30 that's days. 60 to 90% or whatever. Yeah. Got yeah. It. 80 is pretty common okay. number right now with the way we're designed. I always say 60 to 90, just cause like if somebody's older, they're 65, it might be closer to 60 or 70. Mm -hmm. If someone is a little younger, like our age, it's going to be probably closer to 90. So I'm okay. just kind of splitting the difference there. Sure. But if you didn't have somewhere for that money to go to work, you just leave it in there. It's earning more than what the bank is. Right. You know, you're building and capitalizing your banking system, that whole life policy. And then when you get the opportunity, the money's ready to deploy. We talked about the recession. 
there's yes. going to be opportunities everywhere. In your business, you'll probably be able to buy up some of your competitors. In my business, I'll be able to go out and seize market share from my competitors. And in everybody's business, that's the opportunity. Right. So if you got nowhere for that money to go, build your war chest this way. Remember, I said a regular bank earlier, and everybody's like, oh, that's cool. Like, say, put that money in a... No, no, what if you put your money here? And then when an opportunity came, you just deployed this money. Because you get higher interest. Anyways, higher too. interest, make a spread, and right. now you're controlling the whole flow. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's any real rules as to how fast or, or how soon you use okay. the funds. But don't just take the money out just to say, oh, I took it out. Look at me, I'm a winner. <laughs> I won. Right. Take it out when you have somewhere for that money to go to work. Right. And most people have debt. Uh, most people have car payments. Like, you saw the vehicle I rolled up in. I don't like taunt vehicles, but it's nice. Right. That vehicle is fully funded with my banking policies, 100%. And every month, I pay, I think it's like almost 1800 bucks a month, I make a payment back to my policy. Now, some okay. people would be like, oh my God, $1,800 a month, big number. But I can cash flow that, I can afford that. Right. But remember, I'm not paying that to somebody else's bank. $1,800 a month goes out of my earned income back into my bank. I have $1,800 a month every month to use again. Mm. And I can move that money back out. So it doesn't matter what you spend on a vehicle when you control the money. Right. But the downside is, again, bad part, I had to save up that money to buy that truck in my policies, which took me years. Okay, gotcha, that makes sense then. And then, so you mentioned, obviously, those are kind of some of the challenges with it um, or bad things. What are the, I mean, obviously we've already been talking about some of the good things, but then you said there's like good things. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of good things. So on my drive back from here to my house, if a tractor trailer crosses over, James jumps out the passenger door and I'm in the truck still, like I'm not here anymore. I go on, I graduate to a much better place. Right. So like, don't feel bad for me, folks. Like I'm, I'm in a better place, but my family's not. So there's a death benefit that's going to be paid out tax-free to my, my family, like my okay. daughter, and it goes to my trust, but same right. difference. So that's one thing, but we don't want to die, right? Sure. Most people are like, oh, yeah, that's, I don't want that. Great. So the good things are I earn a guaranteed interest rate. Today, it's anywhere between 3 to 3.25%. Okay. That's my guaranteed interest rate. But like a bank, some people would be like, well, I'm getting 4% at LI Bank. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. doesn't matter. You're getting 4% today because the Fed is jacking rates right, up. Right, yeah. Tomorrow, next year, I bet you you won't be. It used to be like a quarter of a point. Or zero. <laughs> there was a long period where it was zero. Right. So when people get excited about an interest rate at a bank or a CD, it's temporary. My interest rate that I earn in my policy is forever. And when I say forever, for my life. So I get okay. 3.25. Now, because we only use mutually owned dividend paying insurance companies, I get a dividend every year. And these insurance companies have never not paid a dividend. Okay. And they've been around in excess, all the ones we use, all longer than 140 years. Never missed one, not even through the Great Depression. Yeah. So they're not gonna miss one this time. So now I get interest and a dividend, okay? That interest and dividend I earn inside the policy, tax-free. Why? Yeah. Because IRS views this as a life insurance policy. And if you really want the reason, well, study the IRS code and who created it. Right. And that'll take you back to the origins of who those names I gave you. Well, do you think their money was here? Yes. Do you think they wanted it to be taxed? No. Nope. So it's tax-free. It's private. If you ever try to look up how much the Rothschilds or the Rockefellers are worth, maybe there's numbers that come up in Google, but that's not how much they're worth. They got way more. Mm -hmm. Their money's here, which right. is totally private. You don't have to report it. It doesn't show up in any reports. So I go back, private. Okay, so you were mentioning um, interest-free and tax-free and all that kind of stuff. So let's just say I loan myself the money to go buy the car, or like you bought your car and those $1,800 a month payments that are coming back to you. Mm -hmm. 
then you're not paying tax or anything. You don't have to pay tax. On the car that. payment? Yeah. Like the, the interest yeah. that I'm getting back from the car payment, because remember, if I would pay their bank interest right. in principal, then the bank has to pay tax on that interest. Right. Same thing with me. Okay. So as I'm paying myself back, of course, the interest portion of that payment. Sure. Sure. I got to. Because that's the profit. One hundred percent. Okay. I just want people to know, like, okay. Yeah. The internal buildup inside the policy, the interest and dividends, tax free. Okay. The money you make from lending it's or still buying. Profit it's, or whatever yeah. It's no different. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to clear that up. The I'm only like, oh, way, yeah. That's even more amazing. Well, <laughs> there is a way to do that, but it's through complex trusts and, you know, spend right, trusts. Trust. Yeah, it's a that's whole, a we're not going to go there podcast. today. Uh -uh. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, so back to where you were talking about um, the good things. Yeah. Um, so we got being able to make interest and uh, money on this and loan it to ourselves when we need it private what else we got it's protected against judgments and liens in most states mm -hmm. so i just went through all the states the other day and it's pretty much every single state in this country there's some restrictions but so in other words if you get sued from a slip and fall like you know you own real estate somebody slips and falls and sure. sues you whatever money you have in here chances are depending on your state it's okay. gonna be protected they can't go after this even if you had 50 million dollars in your policies game off you can't take it wow. so it's protected okay. So again, another reason why the wealthy love to use this. It's private and protected and tax-free. And then the other thing is, you know, it's liquid. It's one of the most liquid assets. So when you think of liquidity, you think of a bank account. Right. Well, banks, who are the number one purchasers of whole life in the world, you can look it up, fdic.gov and type in bully, and you'll find all the banks that own whole life, and it's all of them. Just the top five have 75 billion as of 2020, which is even old. Mm. So if banks are the number number one purchasers of whole life, why don't the banks tell us to do this? Sure. Same reason why they don't tell financial advisors to do this. Mm. They, they tell financial advisors to sell whole life, but they right. don't tell them to design them like this. And I'll tell you exactly why. And this is why your audience, chances are they haven't heard of this and their advisor probably hasn't told them about this and their, their broke ass brother-in-law that was over last week or whatever that tried selling them a whole life didn't tell them about this is because to do what I just explained, to build it with the lowest death benefit and the highest amount requires the advisor or the agent to cut their commission by anywhere between 60 and 90%. Mm -hmm. Now remember, how much yeah. were you able to take out immediately in the next 30 days? Yeah. 60 to 90%. See, there's no smoke and mirrors here. It's somebody's gotta give for somebody else to get. Right. It's golden rule. And so, it, which is interesting because I know, um, so I have one of my friends, he owns a family office mm -hmm. and they do well. So I always run ideas by him or we always come up and try to tax strategies end of the year and different things like that. And so I know, when I asked him about a, a while back, he had, he was just like, oh. he's like, he looked into it, he's like, yeah, we don't do any of that with any of they our don't. people. And so I was just like, oh, well that's really weird. Why is that? And, and so maybe that's why, but or well, they just don't understand it. First off, you got to look at a family office, and I've I've worked with many family sure. offices, so I know their inner workings. Their their job is not this. Their job is not insurance. They might do insurance for protection, right? You know, but they're usually doing term, or maybe you know they're doing a universal life for estate planning. Okay. But that's what they're using life insurance for. So they've never been shown this, and it doesn't fit in their little wheel hub. Now there are family offices that love this. The three that I work with exclusively, right. everyone from them that has a use for this, they come over to me and we design it for them. Now because they're licensed, they can get paid on it sure. as well. So it's a it's a mixed thing, and and they don't care that they got to cut their commission because a family office is a fiduciary. To do do what's right for the client right so that's sure. the difference right uh, that's, yeah oh that's a huge <laughs> thing so a family office loves this okay but most advisors or financial services professionals or agents i hate to say this and and 
I got a lot of haters already, so we might as well add on to that. They don't talk about this because they don't want to give up commissions. They talk about indexed universal life. That's the number one buzzword in the brokerage world. Okay. Indexed universal life, the best thing. You get market, get you participate in the index, and you, you get all this stuff, and it's tax-free. Peel the onion a couple of times. Why do you think they would make that the number one product they're suggesting? Biggest commission. Absolutely. <laughs> they can make, so for that 10 that. grand, so let's do the math. On that 10 grand you put into the policy I design, if I design it like the perfect environment where I can get 90%, right. I give up 90%. So on that 10 grand, I can make anywhere between $308 up to probably a max of 1100 bucks. Mm. Okay. So if I were to sell a regular whole life, a regular off the shelf whole life, like every agent would do, okay, not designed this way, they would make minimum $5,500 in commission off of the $10,000 premium that the person put in. Mm. So that's a good day in the office. Yeah. Ah, IULs. You put 10,000 into an IUL, if the advisor, it's they're not advisors usually, if the agent doesn't build it the right way, sure. $12,000. They can get up to 120% of your premium. Wow. Now, remember I said somebody's gotta give for somebody else to get. Right. So who loses in every one of those occasions? If, if the advisor gets on 12 grand for every 10 you put in, there's no magic. No. Yeah. You gave up access to that 12 grand. And, mm -hmm. and that's more than what you put in. So now IULs have a surrender charge, which means you just don't have access to your money until the insurance company recoups okay. the amount they paid that agent. Uh, so okay. regular whole life, 55%, okay, which is 5,500. So your cash value is gonna be zero until the insurance company can recoup what they paid. Listen, there's no smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. Life, there is no smoke and mirrors. There, people think there is, but somebody's gotta give for somebody else to get. If you wanna survive in any business, your business, yeah. you serve other people. You solved a really big problem for a lot of people. And because of that, you have successful businesses. I solve a really big problem for a lot of people. Right. But I gotta give so that they get. But because I give and they get, I get a lot of clients. So I always tell people like, because people are like, well, why do you do this if you get paid so little? Because I've learned to be a professional penny and nickel picker upper. <laughs> because I'd rather help 7,000 people, which sure. is the amount of client, well, a little more than that, but about what we have in this country, I'd rather help 7,000 than 700 or 70. And you know, it's the opposite of, of Wall Street. Wall Street's always pay the most to the advisor. Family offices are fiduciaries, mm -hmm. can't do that. Yep. serve the best interest of the client. So that, that law, that whole ruling, puts everything in favor of family offices. They love this. Mm, that's awesome. What's something with this, you're like, all right, this is what people really have to know to transform their business or their life by understanding this. Like what piece are well, we missing with this? Everything we just talked about with the infinite banking concept, which is okay. what we talked about. Okay. The infinite banking concept is the process, the circle. Mm. It's not the product. Okay. okay. So the product, yeah, it, it's a more efficient place to put your money. That's it. Okay. So it's the process. So we have to learn that. And the infinite banking concept by definition, as R. Nelson Nash, the late R. Nelson Nash mm. coined it, is taking back the banking function in your life. Okay. So for all this to go through to, to learn and use this, all you need to do is you need to think of how you operate with a bank today and then reverse engineer it and think about how can I do that in my life? It's mm -hmm. not difficult. Okay. It's not difficult at all. I mean, you start with credit cards. It's simple. I gave that example. Right. Instead of paying Visa a hundred a month, pay yourself a hundred dollars a month. And that's equivalent to 20% interest or whatever you give to Visa. If you pay your car payment to the bank and they charge you 5%, when you pay your car off, you pay yourself back that. But again, Everything that I just said takes time. You got to capitalize the bank, but 
that's the beauty of it. And so, you, what? So, say somebody's starting a business or whatever. What could they do? How could they utilize this? Oh wow! You know, to grow their business or to set their business up to for more success than just cool. I'm going to put 50k in the bank, go out, get my American Express card, and start to build my business. You should still use the American Express card because <laughs> they got great rewards, but you should always pay it off every single month. Right. Now, this is how you. So let let me just pick on your business. Now, I don't sure. know how much your audience knows about your business, and I don't know a lot, but I do know you have to buy you have to buy goods and services to produce Rock your products. Sure. Yeah. And chances are, do you get terms with any of those suppliers? We just pay right on the American Express and okay. pay it off at the end of the month. But um, let's go one step bigger then. I'm going to go to Samsung because Samsung uses this. All the big right. corporations do. It's called Coley, company-owned life insurance. So mm -hmm. the reason a, a big corporation or even your company would use this is you're always going to have money moving in a sure. business. There's not a business yeah. that leaves money sit. You're doing it through a credit card. Smart. I do the exact same thing. I put it all on a credit card and you pay it off. But every month you're paying it off with money that you have in the bank. Right. So what if some of that money you figured out on a regular basis, like we need X amount every single month to buy goods and services to produce our product. And then every month you just made sure that money was not in the bank account, but it was over here. So every month you just took the money out from here, you paid off the credit card. And then every single month you just made payments back to your policy. Same thing as what you do now because every month you save money. Right. So now you're just, you're just doing the same thing with your system instead of theirs. Mm -hmm. Still use the credit card so you still get the points, except for the money that pays the credit card off isn't in traditional bank. It's sitting in this bank, which gotcha. this bank is especially designed whole life. And you just keep using it. Samsung, so I, I wanted I was hoping you use terms because Samsung <laughs> and big manufacturers right. have terms, long term, sometimes like right. 90 days. Sure. Because they negotiated that. So think about that. They got terms for 90 days. They got the money sitting in their account. They're not going to take their money and pay it for those products because they got 90 days not to. Right. So they're going to try to find a way to make that money earn them something. Some of them will use high interest bank accounts. But when high interest bank accounts don't pay you anything, what those big companies do is they use Coley, company yeah. owned life insurance, which is always whole life. And they go out and they find their key executives, okay, their, their owners, the managers, the executives, and they basically take policies out on all of them. Mm -hmm. Number one, the beneficiary is the company. Right. The company owns and controls the policies and gets to be the beneficiary. So if one of those owners or you know, executives dies, the company gets a windfall of money. Mm -hmm. But while that owner or executive is living, the company has the ability to use that money the exact same way I said to use it. So they put it in, they pay the terms. And then to just repeat and rinse, rinse and repeat them. Gotcha. And what was interesting too is recently our bank came to us and they're like, oh, hey, you know, you have X amount of dollars in your account every month. We want to set up a sweep account. And so you get like 2% interest on it. So you'll make like an extra. I mean, you're like, oh, yeah, that's not a bad amount. You yeah. know, you get every year. I mean, based on the amount of money you keep. But so you're saying like being able to take that. That, that cash sitting there, and then so you'd plop that over into... You just described everything. You're just changing one thing. The right. bank calls it a sweep account. So yeah, you're gonna call it a sweep account since that's common terms. But instead of sweeping into another account with them paying you two, you sweep into an account with your name on it. And over here you're gonna get like 3.5 or whatever. 325 guaranteed is, is the main company that we use. Right, so now you're Plus gonna dividends. have more money, and then you can borrow against Absolutely. it or whatever when you need it. Yeah, absolutely. So here's, here's a fun fact. You've been to your bank, right? You still go in there? 
once in a while. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not the norm. It's I mean, not how it used to be. I think COVID jacked that all Pre-COVID, we went into the bank a lot. <laughs> right. and, and everybody loves going to the bank. They take their hard-earned dollars, they deposit sure. it. You know, they're at the teller and right above them is a little coffee cup with a dumb, dumb sucker. We enjoy the dumb, dumb suckers. Don't even think about the hidden message in that. Right. But when you look around the bank and you look at all the people and you look at their little name tags, it seems like all of them are vice presidents. You ever think about that? Like, seriously, like, think about that. Like, every person at the bank seems to be a vice president, vice president of this, vice president of that, vice president of making coffee. I mean, everybody's a vice president. And we just ignore ignore it. Mm. But really, let me tell you why. So an insurance company, or I'm sorry, a bank is a corporation. A corporation cannot buy a life insurance policy. They need a body to insure. Mm. And, well, Walmart tried doing this, but we'll skip that because they got sued for it. But the, the bank has to have an insurable interest in somebody to put a policy on them. Who's an insurable interest? An executive. Uh, so now the bank goes to the insurance company and says, hey, we just promoted so-and-so to be a vice president of coffee making, sure. and we want to take out a policy on the vice president. So they do what they call a, a corporate-owned policy on that executive, but the executive gets a benefit. So most times when you get promoted to a VP, you get a paid-up life insurance policy. 50 grand, 100 grand, 200 grand, whatever it is. So when you die, your family's gonna get a death benefit and we're gonna pay for it at the bank. The bank's like, oh, we're giving you so much. And then usually they'll get a deferred compensation. So for all the years, if they put 20 years of hard sweat and tears for minimal raises into the bank, no pun intended to, but then when they're retired, they get what's called a deferred comp. And they didn't have to fund that deferred comp. I mean, it can be mixed funded. They they can put money in in the bank, but the bank usually funds that. Guess what pays for those deferred comps? The whole life policy and then when that employee passes that vice president passes his or her family gets a death benefit 50 right. 100 grand how much do you think the bank got well they get the whole life millions so, yeah so it's whatever the death benefit isn't 50 or 100 grand the death benefits that. probably millions of dollars so then, next time you walk into a bank and you see a vice president, you're like, I know why you're a vice president. <laughs> right. It's not because you're super skilled. No, it might be, but yeah. it's because the bank wanted to buy a whole life policy uh-huh. on your life. And so, and you mentioned with your own banking system, then there's that term life insurance. Is that like the normal, like my wife and I have term life mm-hmm. insurance and all that so do I. on us. And so is that just kind of that normal policy so we make yeah it's just a rider it's like a million a year and we pay like 250 dollars or whatever because we got it so long ago so the ride it's a rider in the policy right. so it's it's a specially designed whole life okay so the insurance companies will allow us to attach a term rider so okay. it's all part of the, sure. the mechanism but the term rider the way we design them we only keep them on for seven to ten years never longer than ten years okay. so after seven years or ten years your term's gone and you don't have that payment anymore correct but we got by the IRS rules, which is called the MEC 7 pay rule. And all it means is for seven years, the IRS does the test. You're putting in this much in premium deposits and you have this much death benefit. The IRS sets the death benefit amount. Okay. says, okay, if you want to put 100,000 into this, we need 7 million in death benefit. They didn't say you need 7 million of base whole life. Gotcha. They said we need 7 million of death benefit. Okay. So what we do is we reduce the base to the, the minimum amount we can. And then we layer on a term rider for those couple of years. Right. So then when we don't need the term for the IRS to keep this thing life insurance, because we don't want it to be called an investment, then we gotta pay tax sure. on it. So to keep it as life insurance, we gotta fall into that, that rule. Gotcha. So after okay. seven years, IRS says, okay, you pass their seven pay test, seven years, get rid of the term, no more costs. And the other thing, since we force so much cash 
into the policy through this other rider, which right. is called the paid up additions rider. I don't mean to get technical. Every year we dump all that money into the policy, our death benefit is organically going up. So that's going us up. just making payments just, to just the whole Don't think of it as payments though. When you go to the bank, what do you do? You make deposits. deposits. Gotcha. You're making premium deposits. So you were saying like, you gotta start thinking like right. a bank. Right, okay. So you're making your deposits mm -hmm. then every every month, yeah, once however a year, you want. whatever it is, into that your policy. Yep. And then that's what's building up Correct. over those years. So we're organically building, oh, and that was another negative. So. Some people that come to us will think, okay, I'm buying life insurance and they'll all of a sudden their mind will go, I want as much death benefit as you can. Right. Don't come to me because I'm going to put the lowest death benefit on and you're going to be really upset if you're buying okay. this for the maximum death benefit. Sure. You'd be better off going and buying term insurance. Gotcha. Okay. Like I have a bunch of term to cover all my mortgages on my real estate portfolio. Right. I don't use these policies to do that. These policies are just money that goes directly to my family or to the trust that then helps my next generation and sure. so on and so on. So. That's, that's an important thing. So when we drop the death benefit, obviously you're, or drop the term, we're dropping your death benefit. But then we're slowly ratcheting that death benefit up over the course of your, your life. Through the whole life? Yes. Through the, the deposits we're making into the paid up right. additions okay. rider. We're forcing death benefit up over time. But again, I'm going to say slow is fast. <laughs> right. Because everything here is slow. We're, your death benefit's going up slowly every year. Mm. But, you know, most of us will live 80s, 90s. We'll sure. die before Hopefully our wives. Oh, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe. You know, well, well what like you're doing. Yeah. So, so biohacking a little bit, staying healthy with primal life stuff. Who Absolutely. Knows, you know? <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, you never know. Maybe we will. But man, these policies, they don't go to 150. They go to 121. <laughs> so if you get to 121, the insurance company will look at your death benefit and they'll just write you a check tax-free. It's called hmm. an endowment. Okay. So then you got to go buy an island or do something cool. There you go. Well, awesome. I know we got a little bit of time left. Um, guys, I hope you guys are really listening to what Chris was talking about today. Make sure you guys are taking notes. Go back, rewind, watch, listen to this again, and start to think, change your mindset on what he was saying about how you interact. How think, Start thinking like, hey, this is how I'm interacting with my bank, whether it's I'm making my deposits at my bank or I'm paying my credit cards or for my car or house or whatever that might be. And then by changing one little step, like he said, how that can impact your legacy, your wealth, and the way that you do business and everything. So uh, listen and watch this again and really take those notes. And real quick while we're talking to, where can people grab more information on, you know, chat with you or get some more information about the infinite banking concept? or be in their own bank, what, like, what's that best place for them to get some information? I'm definitely not hard to find on social media, but if you go to chrisnoggle.com, a 90-minute video will come up. Remember I mentioned that 90-minute video? video right? A 90-minute video will come up or a 10-part video series. Watch that, and then that'll give you the ability to book a time. But all my best content is on YouTube. So we mm. put the best content on YouTube, and it's all my social media is the same. It's at the Chris Noggle. So my website, Chris Noggle, or at the Chris Noggle on any social platform. And I, man, I put a lot of content out. Awesome. Uh, and then before we wrap up, what's one thing you're like, man, Josh didn't ask me this. I know he should have asked me, but he just didn't ask me. So I really want to share it with the audience or just something you want to let everybody know before we wrap up. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is you didn't ask, you know, well, what happens when I don't know where to put my money? Because <laughs> that's real. Uh, many years ago, like when I started selling a lot of my real estate, I had a bunch of money and I, I literally had no more debts. And I'm right. like, I want to lend money, but it's hard to find good borrowers on a consistent basis. So I remember sitting there and on a paper, I, I started thinking about dating sites. Mm. 
Mm. Like literally, like a dating site. You know, they figure there's men and women they want to meet. They got profiles, and sure. we all know how dating sites work. So I said, why isn't there a dating site for money? Right. There's only two types of people out there in the world. There's people that have money and people that need money. And the mm. people that have money want to make more. And the people that need money need right. they need money to make more. Yeah. So I said, why don't I create a dating site to bring these two people together? Mm. So I did. And when I did this, it was it was self-serving. Like I just wanted to basically create a better borrower where they were all in one place. So right. when I had money, me or my friends, we could lend to them, and vice versa. When they needed money, they could come to us. But we built a relationship. Well, I literally created that. I created Private Money Club, which is the dating site for money, and it has just exploded. It's my first technology company. Boy, That's awesome. yeah. not technology is not fun, but it's uh, <laughs> we're about almost three years old now. We have 4,030 members and so like that's that's another really cool thing is a lot of people are like, oh, I wouldn't know how to do that. I wouldn't know where to go. I don't know how to make my money go to work. There you go. Private money club. And this, you just put an app right on your phone. Yeah. So you yeah. Just download it here, punch in your stuff. Yeah. It's then... called The PMC on, on the App Store Android and the app works just like Tinder. Swipe left, swipe right. Hmm. So if you've got money and you're looking for a deal, you're swiping left through deals. You swipe right when you see one you like. You're connected with the borrower. If you're a borrower looking for money, you're swiping left through the people with money. You find one, ooh, they got some money. Swipe right, uh, and you're connected. That's awesome. And then, do you pay for the app, or like, or do I pay a fee, like if I'm loading money or if I'm looking for money? Yep. So you can get into the site for free. The okay. app's for free, okay? But you can only window shop. So if you actually gotcha. want to lend or you want to borrow, sure. it's a membership site. So you pay. It's a thousand bucks a year, well, fourteen ninety-seven or okay. thousand, you know, depending on how you do it. Okay. And you pay that per year, and then you just go and create your profile and That's go to work. Awesome. That's super cool. <laughs> well, Chris, I appreciate you coming in today, uh, making that trip down from Buffalo to our studio here in Akron, Ohio. So uh, just an awesome to have you. And, Amazing content, some insights. Uh, I think you're transformational for everyone out there. So, again, appreciate your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Thank man. you so much. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. Absolutely. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.